2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yeah, let's get back into it here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, right there on the screen. You can see it. We're on YouTube, episode four on YouTube so far for the Locked On Panthers podcast. Make sure to go over to YouTube.com and subscribe to the show. Click on the blue On Panthers, not the red one. That's the Florida Panthers. You're listening to the Carolina Panthers podcast. You already know that, so make sure to go do that. Make sure to also rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and also check us out on Spotify and all the other places where you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, right there on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every single Friday, which is... Tomorrow, by the way, I answer your weekly Friday Mailbag questions, so go ahead and get those questions into me right now so I can answer them on tomorrow's show. On today's show, going to talk to Stephen Ruiz at the Stephen Ruiz. He's an NFL writer for the ringer.com. He is also a Carolina Panthers fan from Maryland, from Silver Springs, I believe. How he became a Panther fan, not really sure. We're not going to really get into that. We only get his thoughts as a national NFL writer on what Matt Rule and his organization is doing, what they should do this upcoming offseason, who he likes in the draft coming up, and get the scouting combine next week. So maybe we we'll get into all of that here on the show today. And we'll get into all of that here with Steven Ruiz after these messages in just a moment. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next fired coach is going to land, online.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. all right as promised here on the show steven ruiz you see his name right down there if you're watching the show here on youtube at the steven ruiz he writes about the nfl on the ringer.com go ahead and check him out give him a follow and he's also a panthers fan. unfortunately not quite sure how the hell a guy from maryland becomes a panthers fan but steven you are have the same affliction as all of us here talking about this team and honestly the last time i think we talked was right before the season where there was some hope that maybe Sam Darnold wasn't as bad as he was in New York and that Matt Rule knew what he's doing. But after the last seven months, it's hard to believe either one of those things are true at the moment. Just what are your thoughts overall on the state of the Carolina Panthers organization heading into what is a critical offseason for Matt Rule heading into year three here in Carolina? I
1: have to say I'm I'm kind of grateful for this new regime because I'm getting a lot of radio hits. I'm getting a lot of podcast appearances to talk about the Panthers and complain about them. And I don't think I would have gotten those if they were like a seven and nine team or seven to 10, I guess is the new, the new mediocre record. But uh, I have no faith. Like I'm at, I'm at a point where I'm just like, let's just get this year over with and start over next year. I, I have no excitement for the, the 2022 season. I don't know how I'm going to get excited. I think if they draft Malik Willis, maybe I'll get excited. But that's the only thing I can think of.
0: So draft Malik Willis is the only way to get excited at this point. I mean, because obviously quarterback is – I personally think they're screwed when it comes to the quarterback situation because there's like three options they have. It's maybe magically Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson, if this stuff gets settled, we'll want to come to Carolina, which I can't see coming true. Number two is, I guess you bring in, like, Carson Wentz as a free agent or Mitch Trubisky to be competition to Sam Darnold. And then number three is drafting Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. But really, the realistic options are two and three. And I don't think any of those guys are going to change their fortunes in 2022.
1: No, I don't think so either. And I've, like, resigned myself to thinking that they're going to draft Kenny Pickett because you have David Tepper, who is, like, a pit football booster, or was at least. You have matt rule who recruited kenny pickett and based on their team building strategy thus far what has it been two three years that that seems like enough for them to to take a flyer on a quarterback so i would like to start printing the jerseys get your kenny Pickett jerseys now and they won't be useful in three years because i don't think he's going to be very good but you could wear them for now
0: well that's the problem sitting here at six is it's not like there's a quarterback in the draft that you look at and that's a surefire guy that's going to be I don't know, franchise quarterback. Cause right now you look at the look at the NFL, especially in the AFC. If you don't have one of those young top quarterbacks, you don't have a chance. Now, the Panthers, fortunately enough, are in the NFC where there is kind of some changes with Drew Brees now being out of division, Tom Brady retiring, and apparently the talking B- about Blaine Gambert could be the guy. I don't really buy that from Breesarians, but hey, please let that happen. Matt Ryan won't be around much longer. When you say Malik Willis, like, do you think he is obviously the best option of the quarterbacks that are available in the draft? Uh-
1: I think, it, like, you brought up the the young AFC guys, like the Justin Herberts, the Josh Allens, the Pat Mahomes. He has the best chance of becoming one of those guys. Now, I don't think he's going to be ready to start in 2022. I don't think he's more polished than, say, Desmond Ritter or even Kenny Pickett. But in terms of high-end talent and high-end traits, he's the only quarterback in the in the draft that has that. He's the only one that has an arm that's special. He's the only one that has a, a trait a physical trait that I think is special. And that's his running ability. I think it's not Lamar Jackson running ability, but it's like, like value brand Lamar Jackson. And I think you can build an offense around that. We just saw the Eagles make the playoffs with Jalen hurts. And I think he's a better thrower of the football than Jalen hurts. And I think he's a a better runner, a more explosive runner, at least I, in two years, I think he'll be good enough to make the playoffs if you have a good team around.
0: Well, here's the problem. I mean, it doesn't really matter who plays quarterback for this team unless they have an offensive line, and that right. is obviously probably the. It might should be maybe the number one area of concern that they need to go out there and fix this off season. How do you go about addressing the offensive line for Carolina Panthers? Do you obviously you got to get something in free agency? Do you, do you wait till number six, maybe especially left tackle? Do you wait till six to address that, or should that all be taken care of prior to then throughout free agency? I think you
1: take a cue from your old front office employee, Brandon Bean in Buffalo. And he just kind of threw a bunch of darts at the board, a bunch of like cheap free agents that were like kind of good, like 80 overalls in Madden, 75 overalls in Madden, just signed as many as possible and hope to find like three that stick. I think that's way better than letting Matt Rule do what he's been doing because this is like at times last year, I think it was one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen in watching football, not just watching Panthers football, just yeah. football in general that miami game i mean Brutal. i don't even think you can consider it past protection that's a that's an insult to the word protection it was it was that gif of like the security guard guard the old security guard he's like patting people down and like barely touching them that's what it was
0: yeah yeah it, it was tough and i've i've tried to at least look at it from this perspective of hey they had 13 different starting combinations you're not going to have success. Even if they're healthy, they probably weren't going to be the best unit in NFL anyways. And it's something that they've ignored for a long time. So I'm hoping that Scott Fitterer is able to, to figure things out. And I say Scott Fitterer is looking at it, I have no faith in Rule. I'm with you when it comes to team building and Matt Rule. But at this point, Scott Fitterer has to have the control. Do you take anything from next week at the Combine in Indy that Matt Rule is not going to be at the podium? But it will be Scott Bitter instead at the podium speaking to the media. Does that maybe signal a shift in who has the final say there in Carolina, or do you think it's just kind of eh, Bitter? He's a GM, whatever. Let him talk while Matt Rule just bumbles around and does whatever he does.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that makes sense. Like, I think it might be a shift in power, and the fact that Matt Rule got another year, maybe that was one of the things that it was contingent on. Like, okay, you're maybe you're not going to have a great, a bigger say on the team building aspect of it. I, I mean. Like I keep saying I don't care, but I'm at the point where I just don't care. Like none of this matters. Like the team is going to be bad and under and I don't think this regime is good enough to fix it. And the most depressing thing from my perspective is I think yeah. it's an owner thing. I think it's an owner thing. And it's so hard to overcome a bad owner. Someone from I'm from the DC area. I grew up in a family of Washington football fans. And I've seen what a bad owner does to a football team, and it's it's just, it's been a 25 year war with Daniel Snyder. And I'm worried as Panthers fans that we're headed down the same thing. And it, it's like a different type of incompetence. Like, I think Tepper has an idea of how to be successful in business. And the NFL is not a normal business, it just isn't. You can't apply the lessons you've learned becoming a billionaire or whatever to building an NFL roster just doesn't work there's nothing like this in the business world and I so I'm I'm really concerned about the team going forward no matter who the head coach is to be honest
0: yeah that's a good point you bring up there because I also have my doubts about David Tepper I've honestly told the fans like look Matt rule say whatever you want to say about him the problem here in Carolina is largely the owner I go back to last week and Peter Schrager, the conversation he apparently had the Super Bowl with David Tepper and Tepper saying, oh, man, be awesome to be in this game. Well, yeah, every single owner who's not there is saying the exact same thing and how they're likely to be aggressive again in the quarterback market. Their aggressiveness and him not wanting to sit and be patient is what landed them Sam Darnold. So I don't understand how being aggressive is going to help fix the situation here, especially when last year Matthew Stafford said, you know what? I'm good. I've done enough losing Detroit. I don't need to go to Carolina. And things worked out for him. Like, you can't force some of these top quarterbacks to want to come to Carolina until Tepper either lets people, like, better do their job. It's hard to believe that anything's going to really change here in Carolina. So I'm glad you brought that up. Like, I'm not alone in thinking that. Potentially, it might not be necessarily a Matt Rule problem, but it could be just like David Tepper just take a step back. Like
1: every every misstep, I'm glad you brought up the word patience because I think that's the issue here, right? It's impatience. And every misstep they've made since Tepper's taken over, I think the common denominator is impatience. You said Sam Darnold. I would say the Teddy Bridgewater signing was another thing of uh, another example of impatience. That team should have blown things up. They had no use for a veteran quarterback, like a solid veteran quarterback, a steady quarterback, which is what you hope for when you get a teddy bridgewater i don't know if he necessarily provided that but it just was like asking to go seven and nine in a season where going two and 14 made the most sense and i think it's just that tepper can't he can't bottom out and i think that's been the issue he just refuses to bottom out where it's been proven like that's one of the ways you you build a good foundation is by bottoming out and he just they just won't do it
0: yeah because when rule came the options were keep Cam, $19 million guaranteed on his salary. If he's any good, he's bounced back, then maybe re-sign him. If he's not, move on, draft a quarterback, which they were in perfect position to do last year. Or if you keep Teddy, if, you have, if you're if you going to sign Teddy, then keep him around, draft a quarterback, which they were in position to do last year, and then let that guy be the future starting this season or maybe midway of last season. Instead, they did none of that. And all of that falls back at the feet of the owner, David Tepper, which – Unfortunately, might be a problem here for a while in Carolina. I appreciate what he's done on the business side of things, being patient and rebuilding that. i also look at the front office. Like, I like Scott Fitter, Dan Morgan back as assistant GM, Pat Stewart's had success, Samir Suleiman, who just got promoted. Like, there's a Matt Allen, there's a lot of good people in that front office. It's just a question of are they being allowed to do their job, which might prohibit the Carolina Panthers from having the long term sustained success that David Tepper preached about when he fired Ron Rivero with four weeks left in the season back at the end of 2019. But yeah, we'll find yeah out. I,
1: I think that's the way to look at it. Like I I have held back on criticism of Fitterer and his front office because of that. I I think early on I was more critical of Rule and I thought that he was the problem. But yeah, I'm I'm on your side now. I think it's Tepper. I think, I don't know. We're going to have to see a shift in philosophy if this team is going to get turned around. And like you said, the, the comments to Schrager and them being aggressive in the quarterback market, like that's just more of the same. And I... Uh, it, it might even get worse. <laughs> like based on those comments, it might even get worse.
0: They're well, gonna they're, they're gonna are... trade for
1: they're gonna trade for Kirk Cousins.
0: <laughs> Let's be honest. Good lord. No, don't say that. Let's actually get into that here. Let's take a quick pause, come back, and uh we'll talk about Kirk Cousins and some of the other free agents that the Panthers hopefully can re-sign here that can give you and some other fans some sort of hope heading into 2022. All right, back here with Steven Ruiz. you see the name down there. If you're watching on YouTube, follow him on Twitter, at Ruiz. He is a Carolina Panthers fan, just like you, who is not very excited about the upcoming season. I totally understand. The NFL does selling hope better than any sports league, I feel like, in the world. So I know a lot of folks like you and Panther fans are not happy about the state of affairs. And come August, hopefully, y'all will be back on that narcotic that's known as the NFL excited for the season. And hopefully the Carolina Panthers can provide some semblance of a hope here throughout the next coming weeks with who they're able to either sign, resign or potentially trade for. You brought up Kirk Cousins, the report, and I'll put that in quotes from the Minneapolis sports radio host uh, the other day on Monday saying that the Panthers have called Ian Rappaport, who, as I told my listeners, is someone to actually listen to, who actually has insight and news. said on Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, he didn't think that was really anything there. But you kind of are concerned that that actually might be a real thing that the Panthers are looking into doing. And I don't know why they would do that because David Zepper said, if you don't have that quarterback, you can win you a Super Bowl. You got to be in constant pursuit of that. Well, we've already seen during his time in Minnesota that Kirk Cousins is not that guy.
1: Yeah. I, my concern is that that report came out. Like, I think the handle, the Twitter handle was like straight cash homie. So I'm not, I'm not putting any validity into that. But I think Tepper's going to see that, that report and be like, you know what? That's, that's a pretty good idea. Actually, maybe we should kick the tires on a Kirk trade, but it just, a part of me wants it to happen. So I could fully give up on that narcotic you referred to earlier. Like, cause that would be the end of me as a Panthers fan. I'm so, I would, I would have to choose a new team. I don't know what team it would be, but I would have to choose a new one. Maybe I'll start watching the USFL or whatever. Isn't there a Panthers in there?
0: Yeah, Michigan Panthers. uh, Number one overall pick, Shea Patterson. You got Jeff Fisher. I'm honestly into it. (laughs) All right, I'm already out. I'm already out. (laughs) Shea
1: Patterson and Jeff Fisher, I'm already out.
0: Yeah, this might end up being locked on Michigan Panthers here in a few weeks, depending on how things play out. Uh, Looking at, I think, the three key free agents for the Panthers, at least the guys that are on the roster last year heading to free agency, Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Hassan Reddick. Looking at those three, who do you think is most likely to come back? Do you think any of them resign? How do you feel that's going to play out just from your perspective?
1: I feel like Rule might want to bring back Reddick. I don't think either of the other two are coming back. I don't think Gilmore is going to come back. He didn't choose to be here in the first place, so I don't know if he's – I mean, obviously, he went to South Carolina. He's a local guy. But I think – at this point in his career he's pro- probably chasing a ring or some success he wants to play in the playoffs I don't think that's going to happen in Carolina I think he realizes that uh but I could see them re-signing Reddick. I don't uh, that's the one that I think would happen just because it's a move that doesn't make sense and that's those are the type of moves that make sense in Carolina apparently
0: <laughs> wait wh- why Reddick? why don't you think that makes sense I didn't make I
1: didn't think the first contract made sense like signing him to a one-year deal like Cause you were going to get to this point. Like, let's say he played as well as he did in his final year in Arizona. They were going to have to overpay him in the off season this year. So I don't know. I think, I think rule see something in him. And I think he rule thinks he could be like a very good player if put in the right situation. And this is just me having no faith in rule. That's why I think he's going to sign. Yeah.
0: There we go. Well, I mean, Dante, I would have thought of the three, cause I agree with you. Stefan Gilmore, he's over the age of 30 He's won a Super Bowl before New England. He, yes, he has his house down here in Waxhaw, a local guy from Rock Hill. Would be awesome to have a local kid here, but I mean, a kid, not a kid, but either way, like, but he wants to win. So I don't really see that being a possibility that he wants to stay here in Carolina. Reddick, 23 and a half sacks over the last two seasons. I think the man wants the bag more than anything. Can the Panthers right. really afford him? I'm sure there's going to be teams out there that are going to be interested, especially in an edge rusher who's able to put up the numbers with the last couple of seasons. If anything, Dante, homegrown guy who, when they drafted J.C. Horn, they said explicitly, we brought J.C. here so we could have someone start opposite of Dante. He would be the one I would think would be returning.
1: Yeah, I, I think because he's a corner, I mean, that, that's obviously the case with Gilmore, but I think because he's, yeah. he's a corner, it's going to be harder. And, I mean, he is a corner with physical ability, and those guys tend to get paid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a luxury the Panthers should necessarily you know, be spending on. I I'm team uh, like blow it up and start over so that's why I'm like Dante Jackson like I liked him when he was here and I was excited about him especially in his rookie year or after his rookie year yeah but he's not the type of player that you build a defense around I think we I think if anything we've established that during his rookie contract
0: yeah no he's definitely not a number one and Horn even through two and a half games when they had him on a number one receiver, I think it's kind of shown that he might be that guy moving forward. Hopefully fingers crossed. We don't know what he's going to be over the next three or four seasons, depending on how things play out here. Let me ask you this. Cause a lot of fans seem to be out on this player, Christian McCaffrey, you in and out, in or out on him after the last two years of the injuries.
1: I mean, I'm in based on talent, but I'm, I mean, I'm a running back truther guy. Like you don't pay running backs. So I don't know if I was ever necessarily in on the contract, but I mean, you got to have somebody on the team. And I know, like, that's not how you should build a team. But you got to have something that fans can hold on to. And I know it's only, like, four or five games a year now. But you got to have something. Like, I have to get excited about something. I have to have a jersey that I can buy. And there's no jersey that I, can buy. I guess buy. like, on the defensive side, there are. But, yeah. I No, I don't think you trade them unless you get an actual good package. I don't think teams are going to trade for them, though. Like, I don't think they're going to give you, like, a day-two pick even. I think you'll have yeah. to – They'll give you a day three pick, and really what you're getting out of it is being able to dump his salary. And I don't know if it's worth it. Like, who cares? What are they using the salary cap on anyway?
0: That's a good point. I look look at the last couple years, I feel like it's just bad luck, the injuries. I mean, it's also the position because he gets rolled up on in Tampa, gets Danny Sorensen, puts his shoulder into the the ground in Kansas City, then the ankle, like the the foot or whatever the hell happened, hamstring, a week three. Like, it's just – just seems like to you. There's yeah, no it's
1: consistency not, to the type of injury. Yeah. I don't think yeah, it's, it's not, like
0: not just like he's overworking his body and falling apart. Like, yeah, they probably need to limit his carries. We've seen that. It's obvious that they can find production from guys like Mike Davis. And they obviously drafted Chuba Hubbard for this exact reason. Amir Abdullah gave him some some good snaps last year. I don't think I'm ready to quit on when healthy, one of the best running backs in the league. And especially after you already gave him the money, you might as well just try and see it through. As for another season, we'll see what teams bring up any good offers. But lastly, here for you, looking at it, offensive line obviously is something that that needs to be fixed. Left tackle, who free agent left tackle? Because they got to get a free agent. I, I, I'm not willing to. Evan Neal is not going to be there. He's not going to be there at six. Oquanu, they're going to do the same thing they did last year. Probably they looked at Slater thought he was a guard. They're going to look at Quanu, think he's a guard, even though he's from here and be like, you know what? Never mind. We're not interested. And in Charles cross, I don't know. Like I would rather have a veteran of the veteran free agent left tackles. Who do you want here in Carolina? If you can have any of them and it can fit in the salary cap and yada, yada, yada.
1: If I can have any of them, I'll take Teron Armstead. I'll take the best one on the market. I I don't think he's going to come to Carolina, but he's the best one. And I, if you're Carolina, I think, why not? Like, Throw everything at him, like write him a blank check. Why not? But I think I'm with you where I don't want them taking the tackle at number six. Like I said, I want Malik Willis, but Charles Cross would not be a bad pick. I, I haven't watched the offensive lineman, but people that I respect like seem to really like Charles Cross. I think he's one of the best players in the class. So I would not be terribly upset if they do draft him. Like if it comes down to like Pickett or cross, I'm a cross guy all the way. Anybody but Pickett. No, opinion. I don't want a 25-year-old with a weak arm. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. so we've done Will Greer before. We've done Will Greer before. We don't need first-round Will Greer.
0: Oh, Will Greer, who's going to come here and take Cam Newton's job. I do remember that conversation that we had uh, a couple years ago. That was always ridiculous. Same no, no, that, they,
1: were, they were filling a need with that. They needed a, a white backup that racist fans <laughs> could cheer for and call for Cam's job. They needed that. They needed to fill that hole because Derek Anderson retired. <laughs> oh, can we God. can we bring back jordan gross can <laughs> i know we've got Please. skinny, but can we bring back jordan gross it's been all downhill from there have they had a good left tackle since he, re- he retired
0: no it's been a revolving door literally at left tackle since he retired and the yeah. thing is we they did bring back jordan gross he's there most sundays the problem is he's in the booth well next mcmix is now retired so i don't know who their new radios guy is going to be but we'll see him on so- sunday it's just not I'll on the field <laughs> well we'd love to have you there all right before i let you go you have to say one positive thing about this organization. I can't have you here being all upset and being sad. Yeah. You got to say one nice thing about the Carolina Panthers.
1: I really enjoyed them bringing Cam Newton back and, and accepting him back into the organization, kind of mending that that bridge. But I will say the best thing about the David Tepper era is that they've been willing to experiment with the uniforms and you know, switch up the pants and the, uni- and the jerseys. That's as far as I'm going. Like, the uniforms look better. I know they haven't changed, but the combinations have changed, and Jerry Richardson wouldn't allow that. So that's the one thing I'm giving them, the jerseys.
0: I, I just knew that it was going to come back to the uniforms. But, hey, Cam coming back, it was a fun 10 days, and everyone enjoyed it, and we'll always have Arizona and the I'm back in Washington. Right. And But, hey, <laughs> they are brighter days ahead. I don't know when they're going to come. Hopefully, they'll be this fall, but probably not until 2023 if we're really being honest with ourselves. But we can if they take this, Willis. I'll come back on the
1: show, and I will praise the Panthers. I'll praise okay. the organization.
0: All right, I'll talk to you May 1st then, after they draft Malik Willis, whenever the hell the draft is. Where is the draft, by the way? I don't even know where it's at. Las Vegas. Keep, it's Las in Vegas. Vegas. Oh, cool. Well, if you go, yeah. have fun. Whoever you goes have to have me will. on
1: if they draft Kenny Pickett, too, because then I'll do the opposite of praising the organization. Okay. I'll give so you be, like a full hour.
0: So pretty much whatever happens, draft night, I'll, I'll talk to you after then. Okay, sounds good. All right, Stephen, appreciate you coming on. Follow him again on Twitter, at the Steven Ruiz, for all the sadist Panthers takes and everything else going on in National Football League. Stephen, thanks again for joining the show, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, Stephen is not optimistic, unfortunately. I, I see his tweets, so I know that he's not a believer in rule. I did not expect that. But I appreciate his candor and his honesty and how he feels. I know it's a lot of y'all who feel that way. And I'm trying to keep the faith, even though I really don't believe in Rule. Things it's probably going to be his last year. But I do believe in that front office as we had the conversation there. Scott Bitter, Samir Suleiman, Dan Morgan, Matt Allen, Pat Stewart. I believe in those guys. And a few of the players on the team. I do not believe in Matt Rule. I do not technically, or not technically, but currently, believe in David Tepper. But... Owners have learned. We've seen here in Charlotte with the Hornets, Michael Jordan hasn't been the greatest owner. But with Mitch Kupchak and letting him do his job, things have gotten better. They got LaMelo Ball. We got to find a LaMelo Ball for the Carolina Panthers, and that needs to be a quarterback, and hopefully that will happen this offseason. And if not, hopefully it'll happen next offseason or sometime in our lifetime. But in the meantime, we'll sit here, we'll pray, and we'll hopefully keep showing up every Sunday and watching this team and hoping that they win and try to stay a little bit positive. So that's going to wrap it up here on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure again to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also check us out on Spotify and subscribe to the show here on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council for every single Friday. Like tomorrow, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So get those into me right now, either at me or DM me at Julian Council. Until then, take care, be safe, and I will talk to you all on Friday.